Well, hello everyone. This is Kiri back with Homeschool Coffee Break, where we give moms confidence so they know that they are doing enough in their homeschool. I am so excited about this because we are actually, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we are actually finishing up a three-week series. This is all about the most important life skill that you could actually teach your kids. I personally believe that that is true. And so we're going to finish this up, but let me give you a little background. We've been talking about the life skill of God's love. And you might be going, I'm not really a life skill. I'm thinking like business, time management, self-care, organization. I got that. And let me just tell you that we have you covered in all those areas because all you need to do is grab your free ticket to the Life Skills Leadership Summit that begins next week, unless you upgrade to the VIP club, the Vipers, as we call them. Um, those people will actually have instant access to all the recorded sessions that we have right now. And then all they will have lifetime access. They don't have to be in a hurry. Anyway. But you can go ahead and get your free ticket. Wherever you are listening to this, look in the description or the show notes and you should be able to find a link to that free ticket. It is a basic pass. You Every, every day you have 24 hours to watch and listen to all of our sessions. And we have people that will be covering things that I just said, business skills, time management, planning, organization, relationship, um, communication, hands-on, home at home. I am still hoping that I'm going to do a bread making class. I haven't quite figured it all out how to, how to do that because bread, you have to stop for a little while and it has to rise. But I hope that I can show you. Bread is my jive. I love to make bread. Okay, that's half of it. The other half of our summit is our leadership summit. So we have a life skills summit and we have a leadership summit. Leadership skills are important life skills. And let me just tell you that we are going to be showing you ways that you can raise your kids to be leaders. Leaders are influencers, nothing more, nothing less. So we will be showing you how you can give them a good foundation of character so that they can be godly leaders. How can we make them, encourage them to love learning so that they can keep learning and be the best leader possible and use those relationship skills. How can we help those leaders make wise decisions as leaders who are going to influence and impact for Jesus Christ? We got you covered on all of those areas. So I am super excited. Today we're going to dive in to a topic and finish up that I think encompasses all of this because I believe that love encompasses leadership. When you love the people that are in your team, then you are going to be a better leader. When you love your family or your team, you will be a better mom or a dad. You will lead them well. You will give them the life skills better. When you love someone else, you can communicate with them. Now, does that mean I always just really like all those people that are on my team? Not necessarily but I can have a care and a concern for them. You know, it's really interesting. This wasn't even in the plan. But this weekend, my mom and dad were here, and my brother and sister-in-law and their daughter were here. And we were right on the other side of this wall. And I was sharing a situation that had really grieved me back in September. And I, I told them, I said, I was grieving over it. I was praying for that other person, even though I did not really want to pray blessings. because, But I knew I needed to. And I tell God, okay, I'm just praying blessings. I don't really want that, but I'm going to pray that because I know that's the right thing to do. 
And you know, it's really interesting. Through our conversation of maybe five or ten minutes, God completely changed my heart. And I had empathy for this person, sympathy for this person, and was for the first time this weekend able to pray for this person for their good. And we're going to be talking about this today. This is the part of love that is sometimes so, so difficult. So let's do a little bit of review. And if you are listening to me, I would love to know if you've been able to teach or implement any of these ideas about love. Or I will tell you right now, I know I talk about the weather right on the other side of this wall. The windows are open. Yes, it's February, 1st of February, and it's beautiful weather. And I'm letting the cool, lovely um fresh air come in my house. So let's talk about love. Let's do a little bit of a review. What is love? Love is not, if we only love and we're, we, and we're only concerned about us, what does God say in 1 Corinthians 13? We're like that noisy gong or clanging cymbal. We are worth nothing if all we're worried, even if we can move mountains, but if we don't love, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. Or maybe we give to the poor and we sacrifice ourselves but if we do it with the wrong attitude God says you have gained nothing that was part one go back and listen to part one we go into detail about what that means last week we talked about something that I think is really important especially with kids to grow up and moms what is love love is patient love is kind love is not jealous we talked about all three of those things and how can we actually use those ideas with our kids now let's move forward this one oh my goodness this last week i was pierced with this because the next says love is not boastful or proud or rude i don't know about you or arrogant i don't know about you but pride is one of my achilles heels God has has been, um, what do you call it, pruning away at me to get rid of pride. And I will tell you, there's a lot of pride that is gone. I am humble in so many ways. I can apologize like this almost and actually have a sincere apology. But there is still pride in my heart. I was listening to a, a podcast. It's a three-part podcast. And I will put the link in the show notes in the description. I don't really have it off the top of my head. But it's someone that I actually um, learn a lot from. Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth, who runs Revive Our Hearts. She was talking the difference. She's talking about brokenness. And she's talking about a proud person and a broken person. And if there are three talks that she gave, if you don't have time to listen to all of them, listen to the third one. Because it was things like a proud person wants to be sure that they say what is right and change that other person's mind. And I thought, oh my gosh, that was me last week with a friend of mine. I was like rolling, oh, how could I leave a voicemail? How could I say this? So that it actually, like she's thinking the wrong way about this situation. She needs to think God's way. Why is that my situation? Why should I be telling that? That is not love. Love loves that person. And we do need to speak the truth. And it wasn't like it was like horrible falseness or anything. It was some lies, I think. But that is where I go to God and I pray for that person. And then I give them myself and I am unselfish. I don't need to be proud and make sure that I give it. A broken person gives up the right to be right. Think about that. A broke, a, a proud person is a person who, um, who always has to um, have their way. 
a proud and a broken person is subservient, humble, and just lets go of a lot of things. You know, seven years ago, I told my counselor, one of my biggest sins, the number one sin in my life is pride. I know it's wrong, but it really doesn't matter to me. That is like, that's a heart issue. Because in the United States, pride is not a problem. Pride is elevated, and that is wrong, and that is not God's love. And so we really need to pay attention to that. God, like I said, has been pruning away pride. He's cutting it out, but it is still there. There are times I have cried over my pride. I have wept because I have spoke proud people speak the truth, but without love. Broken people are humble and listen. I remember sitting in that living in that dining room over there, reading the book of Job, tears pouring down my face, weeping because I was like, I am like his friends. I spoke the truth in love. I was texting and it was all verses. It was Bible truth, truth out of the Bible. It was the wrong timing and it was the wrong attitude. And that's not with love. And so I had to confess that sin to this person that I had sinned against. I also, this is a little bit of jealousy, but I am proud. Like, y'all may not know this, because some of y'all are like, I listen to everything, I read everything. I'm like, really? But let me tell you, there are times I wish I had a book deal. I wish I had speaking engagements. You see, this year I have no speaking engagements. In the past years, I usually go speak at three, four, or five conferences. I have zero. That is God humbling me. And as I say that, I want to start crying because I'm like, God, you're right. I need to like let go of all of that. I don't need people's praises. I need to humble myself. I need to be broken. I pray almost every day, Psalm 51, that our family will give God a broken spirit. Not just a broken spirit, but a broken and a repentant heart. Because those are sacrifices that are sweet aroma. It's fragrances. You know, God would breathe in those sacrifices. Don't, I don't understand it. Like burning a cow, how is that a sweet aroma? But it was a sweet aroma. It was a sacrifice. God, when I give him brokenness and surrender, then I am giving him a sacrifice that he can accept. And I pray that every day. And you know that I didn't plan on this either, but my word for this year is surrender. I usually, it usually takes me a while. It took me all of January to figure it out. It's not a fun word, just like last year, forgiveness. God did like that situation I told you at the beginning where I finally felt empathy for this person. That is the person that I spent three months trying to forgive. And it was a business relationship. It wasn't even a personal relationship. So, you choose a word that God gives you, which I truly believe last year he gave me forgiveness. And there are many situations that I had to forgive. But this year is surrender. Oh my goodness, surrender, brokenness. I read uh, Nancy's books uh, a year ago on brokenness, surrender, and holiness. And I had to confess some sins to one of my friends. I confessed some sins to my son as well. Um, but there are times I wish, I'm like, hey, how come those people get a book deal? How come those people get to go speak at those conferences? Now, I could pay someone to go speak. That's just not where I am right now. But um, I'm like, why don't they ask me to come speak like they used to? But God is pruning arrogance, selfishness, which both are rooted in pride. And love is not proud. How can you 
prune out arrogance from your kids? How can you prune out selfishness? How can you prune out pride from your kids? But it all starts with you. Leave a comment wherever you are listening or um, in the show notes, wherever. Please leave a comment about how can you get rid of pride. And a lot of it depends on our brokenness and our surrender to God. All right, next, love. Oh, here's my other one that is really hard. Love keeps no record of wrong. Whoo, I was standing with the pastor about six years ago at our church office, and I said, the love stuff, yeah, that's good, except you get to that one that says no keeps no record of wrong. Do you know what that means? That means we need to forgive. That means we truly let go of the past and we put it on God's hook. We don't keep it on our hook. When we keep those past offenses around our neck, we are just weighted down with rocks. And we need to love well. And that means we take all the offenses that people have done to us and we take them off of our neck and we put them on God's neck and then we just let him go. He can do a much better job than I can, even though I want that control. You see, I think when I pray about love keeps no record of wrong, I think of Colossians 3 that says, um, make allowances for those who offend you. That's hard. God has forgiven you, so you must forgive others. That is something I pray on a daily basis for myself and for our family. That we will not keep a record of wrong. We will make allowances every single time someone offends me, which is sometimes every day. We will always, always forgive. We will choose forgiveness. I don't deserve God's forgiveness. When I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. He sacrificed himself for me and he forgives me for my sins. He canceled my debt that I owe him. He redeemed my life. Are you doing the same thing for those around you? Canceling their debt. Don't let them have control over you. Don't let those tapes running in your head keep going over and over. Instead, you are covered in the blood of Jesus to be able to forgive. They are covered in the blood. Well, I don't know who they are, but I know the people that have offended me are usually Christians, and they are covered in the blood of Jesus. And I pray in the name of Jesus that the enemy would go away because the name of Jesus, the enemy can't stand to be in front of. And so that is one thing I've had to do over and over so love is not proud love keeps no record of wrong love rejoices in the truth and not evil because the truth will set you free you know sometimes you're you know you're driving along someone speeds past you and then all of a sudden they get pulled over and you're like ah you deserve that or other areas of uh you deserve that that's rejoicing in evil we need to rejoice in the truth and the truth will set us free now let's close with some of the, my favorite parts of 1 Corinthians 13 and yet some of the most difficult. And the reason they're the most difficult is you cannot do them. Only the Holy Spirit living within you can do this. The New Living Translation translates, well, most of them say it bears all and does all these things. But I'm going to give you the New Living Translation because it makes so much sense to me. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love always hopes. Love endures in all circumstances. Love never fails. It's not my love. It's God's love pouring through me. I accept his love, and I let the Holy Spirit work that through me, and it all comes out. 
And I want to give you a few practical situations. Some of you have kids that are not walking with God. Does that mean you give up on them? No, because love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Not in their action. Love never loses faith in God's work in them. Love endures in all six circumstances. Are your kids rebelling and making your life horrible? Do you have a friend that is like giving you a hard time and rejecting you? Has Have people rejected you, betrayed you, and abandoned you? If we truly love them, we endure through all circumstances. Because God's love never fails. He never quits, and we do quit. And I'm going to conclude with a situation that I see prevalent in our society and especially in America, and that is in marriages. When one spouse rejects the other spouse, when one spouse betrays the other spouse, when one spouse abandons the other spouse, we think, oh, it's okay. We, we want them to feel good. And so, you know what? Go get married again or go do this or go do that again. And you know what? I don't know about you, but when I made my covenant vows, I said, I will love you until death do us part. What is love? I'm going to start crying. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It always hopes. It endures in all circumstances. Without going into a lot of detail, I am not speaking and preaching without experience. My husband Steve left seven years ago. I've lived through rejection. I've lived through betrayal. I've lived through abandonment. And yet I said, I won't love you till death do us part. And so I will never give up. I will never lose faith in God's work in our marriage and our family. I will always hope in God's, in Jesus, because my hope is in Jesus. And I will endure in all circumstances. If you know anyone that's in that situation, I pray that you will encourage them not to feel better. Because I'm going to tell you the other thing I've thought about is what if God is taking us to the lowest, deepest valley we could ever walk through? Darkest despair. Just so he could bring us up and be closest to heaven than we could ever be at the side of heaven. What if we have to walk through all that hell and pain and suffering, rejection, trials. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the rejection you may have gone through. I don't know your trials or suffering. But whatever it is, I do know that love never gives up. Whatever the situation is. No matter what someone has done to you. Now, does that mean you have to actually physically live with someone that's physically and emotionally abusing you? No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that you can still pray for them. And you can love them well from a distance. And God can work through your prayers. And he can even change his mind based on your prayers. So, I guess the reason I say that is I see so many people that aren't physically abused. They may be emotionally abused. I don't know. I mean, I've lived, not physical abuse, but I've lived through emotional abuse. And yet... We still, God gives us the strength and the powers of the Holy Spirit to endure through all of things. So, God tells us that faith, hope, and love, the greatest of all of these is love. Valentine's Day is tomorrow. 
What are you going to do today and tomorrow and this week or this month to teach your kids about God's love and loving well and loving well, truly and dependent on Him? Please leave a message, leave a comment wherever you are listening. I think one of the things that I really love is going beyond 1 Corinthians 13 to 14, and it says, let love be your highest goal. It is the most important life skill that you can actually give your kids. Thanks so much for spending time with me. I'm Carrie Beck with Homeschool Coffee Break and How to Homeschool My Child.